Hello and welcome to the Dead Air Dudes. This is Raka on a solo podcast covering the Dead Air Dudes as we touch upon the movie The Whale, released in 2022 towards the end for general uh, public and before that, initially in the indie market scene and the film festival scene. Okay, so it's an American psychological drama film directed by acclaimed director Darren Aronofsky and written by Samuel D. Hunter. It's based on Samuel Hunter's 2012 play of the same name. So we're going to get into it, but apparently this movie's been very polarizing. Some people love it, some people hate it, some people have stark criticism of the subject matter but I'm I think it's it's misdirected and they're not seeing the forest beyond the trees so let's just get into the quick plot and then we can get into the main uh spears into the whale okay so there's only six characters in this $3 million budget film. If you can believe that. Uh, Brendan Fraser plays Charlie. Sadie Sink plays Ellie. His estranged daughter. Ty Simpkins plays Thomas. A Christian missionary. Hong Chow plays Liz. His friend. His nurse. His only friend. Uh, by the way. She's been nominated for supporting actress. Samantha Morton as Mary. Charlie's ex-wife, Ellie's mom, and Sathya Sridharan is Dan, um, pizza delivery guy or all food delivery guy. So, very quickly, Brendan Fraser's character, Charlie, he is morbidly obese. He has gone through traumatic events in his life that really weigh down on him and affects his mental state of mind, which is translated into or manifest in eating disorder, a ravaging eating obsession where he loses himself and his sorrow and his guilt and his anger and his resentment and all other issues, depression, the like, as many people do. So let's just get into the biggest criticism here. A lot of people are wary and disapprove of the manner at which the main character, Charlie, was portrayed and who played him. A lot of people would have preferred a real-life, heavier-set individual, as opposed to the 300-pound-plus prosthetic that Brendan Fraser had to put on, taking four hours a day to put on. And also, along with that, a lot of critics really, really, really protested the film as... Using a 
morbidly obese person's stereotype trope maximizing out possibly abusing it and not shedding it in a a good light I don't know my opinion and again if you have not watched the movie I don't think I spoiled too much for you but I think the contrary I think and I agree with the director Darren Aronofsky Hollywood uses makeup like crazy. CGI now in almost every film. He wanted the most realistic prosthetic that would be not only really heavy, but really portray the limitations and the strain that such which puts on an individual. And I think he did it beautifully. There's only a few scenes where you actually see like the bareness of it all. But you can witness how it takes a toll on mobility, on daily function, on the heart, the lungs, on mental uh, frame of mind, on self-esteem, on body image, depression, self-image. I mean, you can go down the line. And I think that's really well done here. And not um, hijacked and showcased in a different perspective and made to shame anybody. You know, I feel bad because, you know, I'm not the skinniest person on the planet. But definitely... Weight has been perceived by most social media, even prior to the digital age, especially prior to the digital age, in magazines, um, television, whatnot. When the real truth is health, not image. Now, everyone's going to have a six-pack, you know, stone rock-hard chest and, and biceps and then a slim, curvy figure. I mean, that's not realistic. That's not real. So I argue this movie uses real characters with one exception to display what people with really severe morbid obesity look like and the trials that they go through, both mentally, emotionally, and physically. So that's my defense of it. Now, as the movie itself... Raka's personal opinion is not, you know, above everybody else, but one of the best films I've watched in 2022 for multitude of reasons. Okay. And it goes beyond Brendan Fraser making this huge comeback in a role he actually nails. I mean, he just knocks it out of the park. And not to mention... Uh, Hong Chao, his nurse friend, aide, and you will be revealed later, uh, a family tie to Charlie. Plays off each other magnificently well. But I think the secret weapon in here is the true star of the movie, The Whale, is his daughter. Sadie Sink 
blows her minuscule role in in Netflix's Stranger Things out the water here. She is a very edgy, sharp mouth, know-it-all teenager. The type of teenager we all cringe that we we deny that we were, and that we, if we have kids, are witnessing right now. If you're going through a teenage um, child yourself, that whole experience. Ooh, but she nails it beautifully, and then her role just ties everything together and accentuates the problems that the adults have, that is, as a child, as a teenager, as an adolescent has, and other characters that are intertwined in this um, short but succinct story. And it is so layered. So let me tell you, from a film point of view, uh, Aronofsky, I believe, is one of the best directors. And his vision comes to light here with subtext. You know, I hate movies that is so direct. Um, he said, she said, this is happening. This is happening. No, and because it just, it dumbs your mind and doesn't lead you. It doesn't captivate you. You get bored. For a movie to really hook you it makes you wheels think. It makes you anticipate and then you love the misdirection. And then you love later. When the nuggets have been presented to you out in the open, you oversaw it because it's too easy. And then later everything ties beautifully at the end. And not beautifully perfect. Beautifully, it makes sense. It's it's that. The dialogue, the characters, fantastic. Distinct characters. You don't have too many here, but very distinct. Different characters, differently portrayed, different backgrounds, different points of view, ties perfectly. I could perf I could awesome. I mean, just see this play play out. Somebody watching it going, "Wow, this would make such great um, cinema since it is such great theater." Right, they also filmed this during COVID, so there was challenges. You know, this was pandemic, this was lockdown, this was wearing masks six feet apart. So to get his um, bodysuit, I, I read a story where he had to um, be in his garage driveway and somebody else was taking photographs from and video from far away, socially distanced away, so they can 3D image what his suit would look like. You know, on set they had to take stringent protocols uh, mass tests, whatever, because they would be in close range while things are filming. <clears throat> Some believe that this contributed greatly to the finished product because there's still uh, a reflection of the the health fear, safety fear that you can't really pierce through during this time. You know, it is a very, very don't want to revisit the whole COVID thing, but I give that as a credit. You know, Brendan Fraser took four hours every day to put this thing on, and I think a few hours to take it off. He did gain weight for the movie. He really embraced, and you know, he did have medical issues that sidetracked him amongst other issues that are claimed about being blacklisted, not getting jobs, um... Issues he had with, with medical coverages, uh, you know, who's liable, yada, yada, yada. Now, Aronofsky, to his credit, stated that 
he didn't he wanted to make this film for 10 years but he just setback after setback after um casting issues funding what have you but then he wanted somebody who the audience would see the contrast that this individual in other movies never played this type of role or looked this way and so an audience member would be more, there'll be more permanence. And it was both an insult and a compliment when he approached Brendan Fraser for this role. And I tell you, as a story, so credit to the writer Hunt, Samuel Hunter and credit to Darren Aronofsky for translating theater to screen, the dialogue, the subtext, the story, the ultimate ending and the concurrent theme that parallels the literature great Moby Dick. There's so much there. There's so many layers. And it's not above anybody's head. It's wonderfully presented. What I find interesting beyond the Moby Dick tale about being haunted by a white whale... Uh, like that huge chip on one's shoulder, proving oneself, uh, and really introverted. It's not hunting the whale. It's a manifestation of you hunting yourself. And if you cut through all of that, it's a person who is a father, who was a lover, who was a husband at one point, who made a decision to pursue his heart. And that affected other people, who's also in his heart. And the regrets he made, and then the way things did not turn out as wonderfully as he expected, and what he risked and what he lost, all culminates into what will end up killing him. His his end result. his The result of his morbid obesity. But he tries to the very end. To rectify it. And he is far from perfect. You know he's an English teacher in this movie. And he's remote. He tells all his students. His camera is broken. So he can't zoom. And you can't see his. He can zoom. But you can't see his image. And it's all BS. It's all a lie. It's all fabricated because he does. He's shamed of how he looks. Throughout the movie, he refers to himself by putting other people in a very passive-aggressive mode, putting other people on the spot, saying, "Do you, do you find me disgusting?" And again, it's a social awareness. By doing this, Aronofsky's making us confront the pink elephant in the room. You know, and it's a very artistic way he does it. I, there's sensitive matters left and right in this movie. Suicide. Fidelity. Uh, parenthood. Partnership. Real love. And I'm not talking lust and all the attractiveness and getting together. No, no, no. You, I'm talking about caring, love, nurturing, giving your life up for somebody else. And there's enabling. And there's every individual in this 
small web has issues and there's a reason and purpose they're all in this small duration small one room place figuring it out Aronofsky also shoots the whole thing in 4-3 perspective making it smaller, narrower so that the audience feels just as claustrophobic as a larger person in a confined space where they also can't move their entire body makes them claustrophobic and that's part of the genius of his directing so with all that and again, without me spoiling too much for you, because I really wish you guys can enjoy the movie, you let me know how you feel and how you think the movie plays. I hope you enjoy. And I know one of my catchphrases here is always to save the whales. I'm asking you to watch the movie. Uh, judge it for yourselves. And if you like it, send us a like and save the whales. This is Rocket from the Dead or Dudes. On the review of The Whale, I believe the best picture of 2022. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. And also, save the whale.